0: Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep?
1: Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference.
0: Yes,
2: otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that.
1: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt.
0: Hello and welcome to Kindling Helpline with me, Siobhan Hunt, and as always, here to take your questions is Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. Chris has over 30 years' experience helping families with everything... Uh, from when you first come home, you've got no idea what you're doing, um, to the toddler years. I've got to say, I didn't know much more then either. Uh, but she's here to help with all those questions. So if you have a question for Chris, um, email us. The email is conversation at au. First up, though, we have Fiona on the phone who has a question for you, Chris, about her eight-month-old and sleep routines while traveling. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So tell us what's going on.
1: Excellent. So my little eight-month-old, he's a great sleeper and I'm quite strict on his sleep routine. Um, And we're heading away for the weekend shortly and he hasn't really slept anywhere else apart from his cot. Um, So obviously we're going to need to bring the porter cot and it'll be in our bedroom. Oh no. Yes, I know. And I'm just wondering, because I hear horrid stories,
2: what the best way is to keep him in his really good routine? Because I don't want to come home and have and redo it and, and restart redo my again. Yeah. yeah, so the first thing I do this week is a couple of times put your porticot up in your room and get mm-hmm. him to sleep in it so that you know he's comfortable with sleeping in the porticot. So just right. do it in the day, not that you're yeah. in the room, just just pop it in another room. Yeah. And the reason to pop it in another room is because the environment around him when you travel will be different. Oh, okay. So
1: pop it like not in his bedroom. Yeah, that's in, like, right. Put it in the spare or
2: room or in your room, so okay. that it's a different environment, and you're right. just making sure that he can comfortably go to sleep in his port-a-cot. Okay. Right. So that's the yes. first thing. Mm-hmm. Once you've got that step, you should yep. be okay. So right. you just in the day wherever you you're traveling to for the weekend, you just pop him down in the portacot. So, okay. the fact that you have a nice rhythm and routine to his sleep should mean that transfer would be much easier. So, as long as you can dim the room and create the environment, mm-hmm. he should be quite good at being able to be put down in the porticot. Okay. So, I think if you have the chance to do that across this week, you're definitely halfway there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the, I can definitely do that. The difficulty is when you go to bed at night because usually at that age when you go into the room you disturb their sleep in their subconscious Mm -hmm. and they start to wake Mm. and they commonly wake about 20 minutes later so the biggest thing is don't fall into bad habits don't suddenly feed him where you've never fed him before no okay so if he has randomly woken up and mm-hmm. you go in and you leave him for five minutes and then you go in and shush him. That's what you have to do with him in the room. But they okay. commonly will wake up 20 minutes after you have opened the door and gone okay. into the room. So it's not that you're making noise. It just disturbs their sleep pattern. And then okay. they usually push through and they end up waking up. And therefore, it starts the behavior for the rest of the night. Right, okay, so it's just a matter of, same
1: same kind of thing, like I don't actually go in when he wakes, I, don't, yeah, that's I leave right. him to, and just let him go. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. And, It'll and just be me that wakes up anyway, my husband he just sleeps like a, you know yeah and but, like rock. but <laughs> he was the
2: one who, it's when he goes to bed that's caused the problem yeah, yes yes you'll so. be laying there listening and sometimes weirdly it's also that in their room they don't have any other noise so when they sleep with you they hear you mm. moving around the bed or mm. you know accidental snoring, we'll snoring, snoring and that's what's woken them so that's what um. you have to be careful of okay all
1: right i'll have to just
2: Maybe my husband will have to sleep somewhere else. Yeah,
1: on the couch. <laughs> somewhere
2: there. And, right. and driving in his sleep cycles also helps because then you're not mucking everything up for him and he's not getting agitated in the car. Uh, okay, yeah, great. And just in terms of also, um, is it
1: should I bring a sheet that he's used to to sleep on, like something that I he's done similar in his I cot? mean,
2: you have to take a sheet anyway to put onto the yep. bottom of the cot, but I don't think that makes That's, as big a deal as him, his ability to actually sleep in the porticot Okay, great. So I'll just do that. Just
1: normally, just for day sleep. Should I do a night sleep? Oh, it's not no, like a I think weeks, if you can so comfortably get time.
2: a couple of day sleeps in there, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. fine. Yeah, will yeah. will start that shortly. Thank you so much. That's ladies. a pleasure. Good luck, Fiona.
1: Thank you. Take care. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye. This is
0: Kindling Helpline on Kindling Kids Radio. Our next question comes from Caroline, who has a two-year-old. Um, my son has just turned two, and he started to drop his nap. Yikes. He will nap one day and then not the next two. Then he might nap three days in a row. I can't get him down until at least 2 p.m. and he'll sleep an hour or I'll wake him at an hour by... Um, for when he slept yeah. for an hour by three. This way, bedtime doesn't get too late, around 8, 8.30, and he usually wakes in the morning around 7, 7.30. He still needs the nap as he's young, but my oldest also dropped his nap completely by two and a half. I was hoping this child would hold on a bit longer. I bet you were. Any suggestions? I'm also holding off on switching him to his big boy bed as I'm afraid he'll never nap if I do, but he's a big boy, um, 42 pounds, 39 inches. Tall. Thanks so much. Also, his big brother will be starting kindergarten in September, and will be home by about one forty-five PM. Ah, so this I'm. Is am- this is another country, yeah. yeah, American. So I'm also fearful that he will definitely stop napping them, yeah. being too excited to play with him.
2: Yeah, I think. I think firstly the expectation most two and a half year olds have dropped their sleep. It's It's more common that they have to drop their sleep than not drop their sleep at two and a half. So whether they need it or not, it's a whole different other battle. But they usually dropped it. So I think if you can get to two and a half, that'd be fantastic. And if you can get an hour, I think that's fantastic. So at the moment, what I do is just be consistent um, the reason that it's pushing out is because he wakes up up to 7.30. So if it's 7.30, then he's not going to be tired before two o'clock. And then I would get him up at three and then put him down at 8.00, 8.30. So I think your timing is right. And at the moment, I just keep doing it. So whether he's um, calm and quiet and playing in his cot or laying there, I wouldn't actually put toys in there to encourage him to play because then you'll get no sleep. Um, Or whether he actually does have the sleep, I would give him the opportunity to sleep. But it does look like your, your, your boys, at least, don't require lots of sleep in the day and that they may have given it up by two and a half. So that will be to an advantage because when your other little one's at school you won't have to worry about nap time and I suspect what will happen is when you pick your other child up from school at one your second child will just have a nap in the car driving home and that's probably all he will do on those days. So fingers crossed you can get this hour sleep in for a little bit longer um, but not surprising that he's trying to give it up. It's just what what he doesn't require in the day I'd keep him in the cot for as long as you can to get that quiet period because I think if you put him on a bed he'll just get off the bed and walk out and open the door and follow you down the hallway
0: (laughs) (laughs) well good luck with that Caroline the next question is from Mary Ann who has a three and a half year old how can I get my three and a half year old to try her hardest at swimming lessons instead of just mucking around I've tried everything I know what that's like Mary Ann She's I, just not ready. I try not to watch.
2: Yeah, she's just not ready for it. So I think this is a tough one because everybody goes swim, swim, swim but actually she's just not ready for that type of intensity. She's she's still playing and three and a half, three, three and a half year olds do play. You They're usually in a group so they don't see the structure yet. They're just a little bit too immature and she just sees it as meeting her friends and having a play or a swim. So don't be disheartened and, and don't force because then she will not go to swimming lessons I think sometimes what I would suggest is just taking a break for a term and and then when she's matured a little bit more she'll see it as a class of learning to swim and she'll do better so I think don't force her because I think once you force her it'll all be over and it'll take you a year or so to get her back into it Um, and I think she's saying she just isn't ready for that type of structure.
0: You're listening to Kindling Helpline on Kindling Kids Radio. If you have a question for Chris, best bet this week is to give us an email or send us an email, I should say, to conversation at kindling.com dot com dot au. our next question comes from Shona who has an eight month old I've been listening to your show since my son was born and have appreciated Chris's words of wisdom now I'm desperate for her help I'm having back surgery soon and my eight month old son is currently having real trouble staying asleep if I'm not beside his cot and won't resettle at all for his dad we'll fall asleep after night bottle with dad breastfeed remaining feeds. So has a bottle with dad and then she breastfeeds yeah. right. He used to go down at six thirty till seven PM and not wake till eleven to twelve PM for a feed, down until three ish feed and then woke frequently after till coming to our bed and feeding till we got up around seven AM. Now he's lucky to sleep ten to twenty minutes without mm-hmm. me beside the cot. I have a consistent routine of um, into sleep sack into sleep sac, read a book, into cot. L-l- with a, into the cot co- with Lula, that's a... A Lulu doll. Lulu doll, yeah. And Glowbug on and I sit with him till he falls asleep <laughs> within 10 minutes. Nothing has changed that I can pinpoint. Jack has six to seven feeds a day and three meals of solids. He loves his food. He has a 30 to 45 minute nap around 9 a.m., then at one and a half, two hours at 12.30 p.m., usually 30 minutes by himself and then I have to resettle throughout the remaining time. Often a nap between three and four, but he seems keen to drop this if he has over an hour at lunch. He's very active commando crawling, trying to get up on all fours. He's pulling himself up and working on pulling himself into a seated position, uh, and he can sit unaided for short periods. My question is, what is the best way to go about getting Jack to sleep without me next to the cot? He used to self-settle. I'd watch him on the monitor, but now it's like he just won't. Lots of information, but I really need help as after surgery, I'll be limited as to what I can do for him.
2: Okay, so... I think what's happened for Jack is he gets different messages constantly. So he gets a message about the routine of going to bed and then sometimes dad does it and if that doesn't work, then sometimes mum will be of a breastfeed and if that doesn't work, I'll pull you into bed. So he's getting all these little messages that aren't consistent with how he can independently try to self-settle. So when it said six to seven feeds in a day, I'm, I'm sort of hoping that's the 24 hours and not not in the day as such, mm. so I'm going to assume that's the 24-hour day. So, an eight-month-old has four milk feeds and three meals, or about that. So, you know, similar to morning, mid-morning, lunchish, afternoon for the milk feeds, and then the three meals: lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Once you've done that, then technically he should be on one or no breastfeeds overnight. So the first thing is you need your big picture. What do you want him to achieve? Do you want him having feeds overnight to self-comfort and therefore it's going to make it harder for him to do it himself because he gets this responsive feeding? Or is it that you want him to independently go to sleep and be able to sleep well? Um, So he's sort of got two messages, at least two messages going on about his sleep. So The first one is to tackle food and the placement of food and the relationship of food, because that's an easy one for you to control, as in, I can feed you at this time, I can wean you off the night feeds. And then tackle the try and get him to do it independently. So a common one, common way of doing the nights is the first time he wakes, I resettle him. The second time he wakes, I do a full feed. The third time he wakes, because he wakes a few times, I resettle him. And the fourth time, if there was a fourth time that he woke, I'd only give him a few minutes on a breast. So that you slowly decrease him, weaning the feeds at night. Now how you settle him at this point Could probably be anywhere from a mixture of staying with him and patting and also get dad involved because he's obviously tried but it's not worked but sometimes I think we come in and we rescue the dad when it's not work or he comes in and says it's not working you do something so I think if you can sit down together and work together at the strategy so a couple of minutes it depends what you've been using but maybe a couple of minutes of crying and then going in and patting and comforting putting your hand on him all those sorts of things if he stands up and shakes the cot then usually step out for a minute go back in and try it again "And-and get Dad to say-you know this IS going to take twenty minutes to do." This isn't a five-minute thing or a one-minute thing. It's a 20-minute thing. But over the days, it becomes a one-minute thing and a two-minute thing. So working together, I think, is key on this one. Sorting your feeds out and weaning the feeds at night is your second. And then the third one is to independently teach him to sleep. And that's just a method of putting him in, walking away, coming back, giving him the comfort and working together so he gets a message about what it is that you're trying to achieve. All right, and feel free to get back in touch if you get time, yeah. Shona, before
0: your yeah, operation. Yeah, I yeah. hope that goes well. Yeah. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation, where we take your questions about parenting and we put them to Chris. She's got over thirty years' experience as a Mothercraft Nurse, helping families all across the country. So if it's happening in your family, chances are she can help. Amanda has a four-year-old. She says, "My son is going to kindergarten big school next year. We've been trying to get for him to wear undies at night, but keeps wetting the bed. He does go to the toilet before bed. Then we put a dry night on. Is there anything else I can do? He's struggling to eat dinner at night as well."
2: Oh, um, with the bedwetting at night, some sometimes boys take much longer than girls. I mean, if you read anything about boys and night training. Um, it can take them three, five, seven, nine. So it depends on how wet that nappy is in the morning. So if it's just wet, I think in time it will sort itself out and not to get too caught up in it. If it's saturated and you've tried many things, sometimes you have to actually go and speak to your doctor about why that may be happening. And in most cases they say that boys will just grow out of it with time. So he's starting school next year. If he's dry during the day and he needs a pull-up at night, I wouldn't push it too much, but I would make sure that he's drinking from open cups as opposed to bottles all the time so he's not overfilling the bladder. So um, once you've checked all that, let's see what happens over the next couple of months and maybe it needs a conversation with your GP next time you're in there. And in terms of his eating dinner... I mean, most children are picky um, at certain stages in their life. But the first thing I would look at is how many snacks he has in the day. So are you inadvertently snack feeding him or are you waiting for a meal, sitting him down, giving him an appropriate time to be able to eat that meal and then moving on from there? So if you're having trouble with dinner you might find that you're giving him too much snacks too close to dinner so I might give him a little snack at two and not give him dinner till five five thirty but if that two o'clock is interfering five five thirty then generally I would just take the two o'clock away push his lunch out a little bit um, to about twelve thirty one and not feed him till five thirty and see how you go with that but it's a really common problem with four you know four five year olds that they choose what they want to eat. Uh, Trish says hello my daughter is 22 months and co-sleeps
0: with me I don't wish to change the co-sleeping However Mm -hmm. she breastfeeds to resettle every hour or two Every hour or two hours all night Do you have any suggestions for how I might gently night wean her She also naps on my boob, So she falls asleep while she's eating
2: She's a little cling on. She's fully attached. Um, Okay, gentle way of doing it in in, uh, co-sleeping is generally what we do is get you to turn your back to her so that she's got the comfort of your body between you and your partner and she gets comfort from both of you. So what's happened is she's taking all of her comfort from you. She lays on you, she feeds off you, she nuzzles into you. And it's going to be very hard to try and break those apart. So maybe for the first part of the night, she sleeps more on your partner's side of the bed. So she co-sleeps more with him and he can set gently get her back to sleep by patting and cuddling her. And then for the second half of the night, maybe you can take over. But you've got to be aware of her breastfeeding because I think you're probably sleeping through most of it and – you need to actually maybe put on a, high neck t-shirt or something like that so that it's much more difficult for her to get to the breast and that you can give her more comfort before she can find the breast so I'd work on those types of strategies so you can keep her in the bed but you might need to sleep on your partner's side for half the night and then the other one is if mum turns her back over and and just shushes her and the partner comes in to give her pats and cuddles that sometimes also helps so it's a bit tricky but put the t-shirt on or a skivvy if it was cold enough. Um, But that should just slowly, slowly decrease the numbers of breastfeed she gets.
0: Here's a curveball for you. Okay. What if Trish is a single mum and there's no partner to help her? I would
2: would put a high neck T-shirt on.
0: Something very yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so that that Trish is well aware of what's going on at night because she's probably been doing it in her sleep so and then just give her lots of cuddles and lots of pats and she'll find that that the feeding behaviour will decrease and decrease and she'll stop doing it
0: so is part is she's doing it for comfort yeah yeah she's yeah.
2: all of her comfort comes from being on mum with mum next to mum feeding from mum and there's nothing wrong with that she just wants to slow the feeding part of it down so she's still got all the comfort and mum in there. Right. Well, Trish, good luck with that. Jodie
0: Lee says, my 15-month-old daughter wakes every morning between 4.30 and 5.15am. She will not go back to sleep. I've tried a bottle. Patting, leaving her to it. I've tried moving her bedtime back and forward. Nothing has made a difference. She currently goes to bed around six thirty seven p.m. She is on one nap a day for approximately one and a half to two hours at around eleven thirty a.m. Just concerned about her getting enough sleep for her development. Although she is an incredibly smart and active little <laughs> one. Thanks. been fully developed.
2: <laughs> um, I think you're doing all the right things, Jodie. That doesn't sound – yeah, it sounds like you, definitely. I think um, in the end it'll be time and age. And and so I wouldn't waver too much with what's going on at night. So I wouldn't pat her one night, leave her the next night and feed her the next night, for instance. I just – I think all your timing's right and that she's generally sleeping well. I don't think it's going to hurt her development unless she was getting, you know – little to no sleep so I think you're fine on that on that um angle and I would just give her a period of time to try and settle and then go in and give her some comfort and with time it will sort itself out barring doing you know full control crying um that would be the gentlest way of doing it yeah
0: you're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. It's your time to ask her some questions and she can um, give you some advice on how you might tweak things to help your family. We have a message from our text line. There's no number because yeah. people don't leave them always. This is, um, she says, or he says, my two-year-old has been sick and in and out of hospital for a week with lots of trauma, lots Ooh. of needles, medicine shoved down the throat, etc." He's feeling better yet continues to be super clingy. Yeah. Doesn't want anyone else but me for anything, not dad or grandpa um, or people he liked before and would happily play with for hours. I was okay with it while he was six, six, but now it's getting exhausting and I can't get anything done. If I try and sneak out, he cries so hard and nearly vomits. I haven't been able to go to work for one and a half weeks and not sure how to go back. Any tips on
2: slowly getting him to
0: be less clingy and okay with others?
2: Oh, this is a this is a hard one because it's sort of a partly trust issue. So there's that. He doesn't trust anybody now, he doesn't know who's going to get him from behind, so to speak, and give him medication. So there's partly that, and then it's just slowly un- how do you undo it? And this unfortunately is just going to be a slow, slow burn. I think the first thing is that it, if you have to go back to work, and he's left with his normal carers in a loving and secure environment, even if he's worked up, they should be able to calm him down. But maybe introduce him, if he can, back into his normal care in a short window. So maybe just leave him for a couple of hours and then extend it like you were putting him into care for the first time, into his daycare or family daycare. The same with his dad, and I think in this case... You'd need to sit down together and say, look, he is home now, and he is well now, and I know he's going to cry, and I know he's going to get himself really upset, and he's going to need lots of cuddles. But actually, if I can distract him into something else, he will be okay. So I think I would tackle this in really small windows of leaving him. The behaviour you get at home is, you know, so you can't even undo the dishwasher with him standing beside you. I think that one you should be able to use almost not in that he's doing something naughty, but you need to say, look, you just need to sit over here with your cars. Mummy's got to do this and actually do it. So don't let his behaviour stop you from unpacking the dishwasher. And then once you've finished unpacking the dishwasher, then go back and give him some more reassurance because it's probably in the space and in the room with you. He's just not allowing you to do anything. So I think you've got to take this in three different lots. What the behaviour is around you, the behaviour between you as a family and what his trust is like when you leave him with someone outside the family home. So it's not an easy one and I think it's... it's, it doesn't take long to do, but you need it organised in what you're going to do, and then I think you'll find your little boy will come back to you again.
0: Question from Claire, who has a three-and-a-half-year-old. I have a little one who's a very fussy eater. We have instituted a dinner is what everyone else in the house is eating. No, you can't have a change cheese sandwich policy. <laughs> it's a very good one. Yeah. He's not keen to sit at the table. We let him play with the food and don't fuss too much with what he does with his food on the plate. We don't give him an alternative anymore. He's waking in the night hungry because he's not eating dinner. Mm. Any advice about encouraging him to eat our lovely variety of family dinners and what to do about waking in the night hungry?
2: Okay, so I think you're doing all the right things. In fact, you're being very brave. Most people would give in to the average three-and-a-half-year-old, but I actually think you're being really tough, and it's a good tough. It's teaching him that... We are providing you with food that's appropriate for your age and an appropriate time and an appropriate amount of time, as in for about 20 minutes. And then after that, it's up to him how much he eats and when he eats. But if he starts demanding it overnight then that's where it can break down the whole family. So I think stick to your guns. When I um, you know, listen to nutritionists and dieticians, they all say the same thing. Just have the food there, give it to it that's appropriate, and after that you can't control it, but don't give in to it as such like you were saying. So I think you're actually doing the right things. He'll get over the night. He'll eat breakfast really well for you in the morning. And don't overfeed him in the morning because sometimes what they do is because they're hungry, they overeat in the morning, then they don't have to eat very much during the day. So uh, lots of people say, oh, I just fed him two and a half Wheat-Bix. Well, two and a half Wheat-Bix is probably his whole calorie loading for the whole day. And then he's not very hungry during the whole day. So keep it appropriate and stick with what you're doing. I think you're doing the right things. You know, it takes a long while to for him to starve himself. Missing a meal isn't going to harm him. So stick with it and I think you you'll find that within a month or two it'll come out the other end and you'll start engaging the food. Brilliant, okay, we have time for one last question.
0: This is from Nicola. I'm struggling with my seven-month-old little boy's sleep. He gets between two and a half to three hours day sleep. Wake, he wakes at 7 to 7:30 7 a.m. Then I try to do a short morning nap, 30 to 40 minutes, and a longer lunch nap, 1.5 to 2 hours, and a short afternoon nap. This doesn't always happen though. Awake time is around 2 hours 20. At night, I breastfeed to around at around 5.45 p.m., then solids at 6.15 p.m., then bed at 7.30. He usually goes down pretty quickly. He has a bunny, but no dummy. He then wakes at 9.30 p.m. and either self-settles or I go in and pat him a little bit and come straight out. I then feed around eleven or to midnight, and then he wakes at around three thirty a.m. Again, not always being able to self-settle. Sometimes I give in and feed him one side because I am so exhausted and can't persist with resettling, and he seems genuinely upset. Do you have any tips?
2: <laughs> oh, they're genuinely upset. There is no doubt about that. <laughs> A lot of things upset them genuinely. Um, I think that in the day the timings out because you should only be on two sleeps in the day. So um, four milk feeds, three breastfeeds, but only two sleeps. And he's having three. Now what that does by having three is it might give him too much energy to be wide awake at night. So what you're trying at night isn't being effective. So normally he'd be awake for two and a half hours, then three hours, then three and a half before he goes down at night. And if he's waking at 7.30 in the morning, two and a half hours later is 10 o'clock in the morning. He was having half an hour. So it's it's a it's a little bit pushed out. So try two sleeps. You should have about an hour in the morning and then about an hour and a half, two hours in the afternoon. Um with about a three to three and a half hour gap before he goes down at night. So those those windows that we talk about are important at this age because we're asking him to go longer at night. So we've got to make sure the timing's right, the food's in there and the feeds are in there. And then I think the hard thing is he gets a reset or then he gets a breastfeed, then he gets a reset or sometimes he gets a breastfeed. So we need to bring that into what do we need to do overnight. If he's seven months old. I'd probably only give him one feed and I'd probably be looking at not giving him feeds if or if he's doing really well in the day and that will help it be consistent so then it's just a matter of self settling you know with a few minutes of him trying then you going in and patting him and stick to it if you give him one feed then only give one feed and then start weaning that one feed off it takes about three to five days for him to learn something. So, you know, it might be just changing his days at first and then from there doing his nights. And it's that pattern that you hear all the time of consistency that's going to help settle this behaviour down. Good luck, Nicola. And um, thank you, everyone, for your questions.
0: Unfortunately, that's all we have time for on Kindling Helpline. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure. You can get in touch with your questions during the week by emailing us at kind by emailing us at conversation at kindling.com.au. And don't forget that all of Chris's advice from Kindling Helpline is available for free in the Kindling app under Stuff for Grownups.
1: You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.